Well, hello, my name is Ethan, and you're watching Victory Talks. I'm joined today by Heather Strawn. Welcome, Heather. Well, well, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Uh, as you know, we've done several episodes prior to this one, and each one has been amazing. Uh, we've had great conversations, great topics, and I know Heather's brought a, another one for us. So just strap in whatever you're going to do, put it to the side, because you're going to listen to her for a few minutes. I know she has a topic for us. That's going to be great. But before she does, I want her to introduce herself, a little bit about herself, maybe a little bit about what she does, a little bit about her family. So Heather, would you go ahead and give us that? Sure. Uh, so as you, as you stated, I'm Heather Strawn. I've been married for 26 years to my best friend, Bill Strawn. We have one adult son uh, named Wesley. And both Bill and I both have careers also known as callings to uh, yes. public service. So he has been a firefighter and worked in EMS uh, for oh, as long, long as we've been married. And I uh, teach a public school here in College Station. I teach high school English, and I've been doing that for right at 20 years. That's amazing. Um, and besides all that, if that's not enough, uh, we really are involved in church work, and uh, I'm involved in our children's ministry at Victory Church, the Spark Children's Ministry, um, the worship team, uh, Bible quizzing has been a big part of our lives, and we'll do anything, uh, clean the church, work in the nursery, whatever my hand finds to do. I love your hu your that. humility, Heather. I Jimmy yesterday said the same, had something very similar when he was talking about being a helper. He was talking about how he helped in Bible quizzing. And I told him, I said, I, know, I think right? that's a little more than help. And uh, for you, especially with children's ministry, you do a little more than uh, get involved. I think it's the word you, you use. But uh, director, is that right? Or p partial director? Oh, I'm a co-director co -director. Uh, with uh, Christy Schulz and mm -hmm. Tamara Lopez at this point, and we all work together. So it's really a labor of love. So sure. I don't like to really think of myself as a director, but right. Well, you know, director of chaos, maybe. Uh huh. Well, uh, well, we understand uh, education is your calling. You're involved in, in public education, uh, Sunday school education. And uh, I'm going to ask you another question. This is going to throw you off, but what is your favorite thing about Victory Church? Wow. <laughs> I um, threw it on her. You did. Okay, so I'm having to like look off to uh, think about it. Because that's what happens whenever your eyes look off. That means that you're thinking. So my favorite thing about Victory Church is the people. There are so many different uh, types of people who come from different backgrounds and and we all come together in unity, even though we are all so different, different education, different, uh, you know, maybe different upbringing, different parts of the world that we even come from. But we all have a united love of Christ and we work together to fulfill his calling in our lives. And yes. it's just a great place to be. Well, I love it. And I know that threw you off, but I, I want to shake it up a little bit every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got a few minutes that I want to focus on your topic. And so if you would, give us a, just a good introduction, and we're going to talk about it. And, and I'll let you take the lead on this, and maybe I can comment here and there. But go ahead and lead us into whatever you want to share with us today. Well, I really just have today, it's a testimony more than anything about how I came to have a very personal relationship 
with Jesus hmm. that I'm still building and it's still a work in progress. Um, you could tell from my biography that I've had a long marriage, but I've had a, a much longer relationship with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, but it did not come easy for me, even though I was raised in the church. I, I was taught, uh, I went to church from the time, you know, that I was born practically. Um, I had some great spiritual uh, giants in my life. Uh, my father was a minister and he actually was a home, they call it home missions, which meant that he went to a town that didn't have a church and started from scratch, started from nothing and built a church. Um, I had a great amount and still do a great amount of respect for him. My grandfather was also uh, one of the first like evangelists uh, in the Texas area. And he was known to be his fiery preacher and signs and wonders and miracles happen, you know, and the great revivals right. that they used to have in the uh, early 1900s. So I had spiritual giants, but I would have to say that I really, I thought that I couldn't attain to that same kind of relationship yeah. that they had. And because I had a vision of them as being hyper spiritual, that often I felt like my own relationship was lacking with the Lord. And I just felt like I could never attain to those same spiritual heights. And I felt guilty that I, that I kept failing because, you know, I can't be like my dad or I can't be like my grandfather. But uh, to kind of take a sidebar in, in research in the education world, we, when we have students who are researching a topic, we talk about that there are two kinds of sources that you can use. You can use primary sources and you can use secondary sources. And a primary source is a source that is like an eyewitness account. It's a person who's been there, have firsthand knowledge. It's a speech, you know, from Martin Luther King Jr. instead of mm -hmm. um, a writing about that speech, right. which would be a secondary source. And in research, the primary source is, is valued more than the secondary source. And you want to have primary sources because that person or that account allows you, as you're researching it, to think for yourself. You read the mm -hmm. source and then you decide for yourself, whereas a secondary source is an interpretation right. or an evaluation made by someone else. So what I have found that is that with God, that's kind of how I had seen my relationship was through a secondary source. I saw God through the eyes of my grandfather or through the eyes of my own father instead of me personally knowing God right. myself. So there was a time, uh, you know, in my life when I, as a teenager, I, at that point, my dad died when I was nine. My father, uh, my grandfather died when I was 14. And then some of the hardest years of my life would follow that. And I really needed, I, I felt like I needed something. I needed, I felt lost and I felt hopeless. And my spiritual giants had been slain, so to speak. They were gone. And I, I didn't know uh, where to turn. And even though I knew the word, I'd been quoting it since I was uh, a young child. My dad taught me, you know, scripture I would quote in front of the church. But I, I just began to seek and I had a cousin who 
was young like me. So, you know, I didn't know that she knew much about God, but she told me what I needed to do was that I just needed to pray and seek God for myself to just have a conversation with God because I felt so far away from him. And I didn't know how to get back to him because I had never had to do that for myself. I always had someone else who was like a spiritual leader in my life. So I, I did, I went to prayer and you know, God showed up in a mighty way. Like his presence just filled the room that I was in Mm -hmm. and I saw that he was faithful and I had that personal experience. And then from that point on, I began to seek, to know Jesus for myself. I began to read his word. I began to memorize it. I even became involved in that. You know, if you watch the victory talk from last time, I became involved in Bible quizzing Great program. Uh, as a teenager. Yeah. Right. And, and I have to tell you, that is the point where I began to really know God for myself, the yeah. primary source. Um, before I, I knew in John one and one, it was one of the scriptures that we were learning And it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and Mm -hmm. the word was God. Yeah. And so every time I would pick up his word, I was coming into contact with the creator, with the savior, Mm -hmm. because in verse 14, it went went on to tell me, I, I understood it for myself that the word God was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father mm-hmm. full of it. that's the moment it became it. real to me that when i picked up the bible to study mm-hmm. it i was spending time with god and from that moment i discovered no longer was living for god because before it was really hard to live for god or to be a christian that's because I saw it as a list of rules of do's and don'ts because it was what my dad said to do or my grandfather mm-hmm. said to do. I came face to face with the creator. Then no longer was doing what my savior said to do hard to do because I loved him right. and I had a relationship with him. And I went to that primary source. That's amazing. He was he was the personal contact. It wasn't through another source. You know, you've heard about gossip. Right. You know, you go further, you get sometimes get muddled right. and confused. Yes. Now, I, I so, want to jump in if you don't mind. I, um, you're talking about jumping in, getting into the, 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 the source, the, the, the actual, the primary source, uh, which is scripture. And prior to this moment in your life, there were other things. There were probably voices. There was a lot of voices going around, whether it be in your school, whether it be at church, whatever it may be, probably positive and negative. You've got coming from every direction. What uh, Did it take any kind of sacrifice to say, you know what, uh, I only have 24 hours in the day. I've got to sleep this many hours. I've got to do this, do that. There's certain things that take priority. And how? what was it like trying to find and place the priority on God's Word? Did you have to move away from certain things to make time for that? I I was really hungry for God at first. 
there right. i mean god got me into a spot i mean and i really do think it's a god thing i was in a position where i felt like i had no one else to turn to i had no answers to the questions that i had so right great about that is when i sought him he met me more than halfway i mean he flooded me with his presence i knew immediately that i felt the holy ghost i felt the spirit and i knew that that was him and then i desired to get into his word mm -hmm. of course there were there are things that i had to, to put to the side but the more i learned you know there's ref references in second timothy 2 15 the bible talks about study to show thyself approved unto god and notice it says thyself or yourself right you, the study you need to study because it's matters to you right and I, then I, I would read scriptures that said in Philippians like Philippians 310 Paul's talking to the the church in Philippi and he says that I may know him talking about mm -hmm. Jesus and the power of his resurrection I knew that it was really important that I came to know Jesus right. myself and not let uh, and, and I'm not putting down any preachers because I mean I have many preachers in my family who who did do know the Lord, and mm -hmm. but it's not enough for my grandpa to know God, yeah. or it's not enough for my father to know God, or what my teacher says, or you know what tradition says. Mm -hmm. I had to study for myself and had to know for myself that that Jesus was real, that His mm -hmm. Spirit was real in my life. Does that oh, make sense? Oh, totally. Completely. I, um, it keeps coming into my mind that you cannot get a relationship with God by osmosis or by standing close to someone else that has a relationship with God. And we tend to do that. I, I know I've been there myself. I grew up growing up in church, you know, you, you want to be close to that person who's really strong and, and spiritually strong. Uh, but ultimately you come to a point where it's intentional on my part to draw closer to God through reading a scripture, through through prayer, and, and really understanding who God is by going back to that primary source. And so I, I love that. There... Absolutely. And I remember as a child kind of almost thinking that if the rapture was going to come, if I was just standing close enough to my grandpa or my grandmother, <laughs> grab I that could coat just tail. onto them and I was going to make it up with them. Right. But that's not mm -hmm. the way it works. You have to know them personally. Yeah. And I'm reminded of, there's a great... Um, passage. I, I love the Apostle Paul yes. and his story because he was extremely educated. And he, especially when he was as Saul, he was known to be, uh, you know, very fervent in what he believed in traditions. He had studied yes. under Gamaliel. He had studied all of these languages and he was very educated, but he mm -hmm. didn't have a relationship and he did with the Savior. He didn't know who God was until you know he was on his way to Damascus and he was on his way to persecute Christians. Right. And then he came face to face with his creator. Whenever he was in Acts 9, it talks about he 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 believed in Jehovah. He was going to do about what he thought was right. God's will. But when that light came down, he fell to the earth and he heard a voice from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, mm -hmm. why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting my people? 
And Saul had the right response, though. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know, well, I'm just doing it. He said, who are you? Who's talking to me now? Lord. And that, yeah. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus. Yes. Who you've been persecuting. And you're having a hard time because you're kicking against the foundation of this world. Right. You are kicking against the creator. Mm -hmm. And... Instead of saying, who are you? Wait, I'm just doing what my fathers have set, told me and what right. I've learned in dog. He said, what would you have me to do? Yes. And the Lord told him what to do and he did it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's also part of it. I look at what Saul did because from that moment on, you know, he became Paul mm-hmm. and he, he followed like he listened to what the voice from heaven said. I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Right. Uh, but. He listened to the voice and then he went on to build churches, to be, you know, this this mighty minister. But he was he was educated before. He was right. not a dumb man, but he didn't have a personal contact right. with Jehovah. He well, had just learned about Jehovah. Right. And he had to have that personal encounter so that he could have that change. Yes. And I think that's what happened to me. I had mm-hmm. a personal encounter. Yeah. And, and going back to Saul, it's just, he had this construct, and, and, and most Jews did at the time. And they weren't expecting the Messiah to come in the form that he did. They didn't expect the baby in a manger. They did not expect him to be as, as human as he was. They were expecting a, an earthly uh, takeover to, to rid the Romans of, you know, to get rid of these people that, that have oppressed us. And they were hoping to have something come in and just be a big beacon sign right in front of their eyes saying, I am the Messiah, uh, but a king, of course, and and have the, the riches and be a ruler. And they're, they're, they had a whole idea that was completely wrong. And so when he did come, it was hard to accept because they all kind of, it's almost like playing the telephone game. And you just, you hear about it, you hear about it, you hear about it, and you construct this idea of who he will be. But when he actually comes, according to prophecy, when you look back in the Old Testament, he fulfilled those prophecies. And so it throws us off. And I would say it's the same way today. If we build a, oh, yeah. construct a God, that's not even what the Bible says. That happens so often to where when he does speak to us, we don't hear him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we all put up mental blocks mm-hmm. in our mind and we say, well, no, it can't happen that way because that did it happen that way for my grandmother or that didn't happen that way this is the way that we've always done it right this is, i mean even think about the way that we're doing church right now and yes. the way that we're sharing the gospel mm-hmm. this has not been done before this is not the way we've done it right. in the past yet god's wanting to have a relationship with his people yes. and he'll do it by whatever means he has to if he has to knock you down on the road to damascus Right. He will. If he has to, you know, make a donkey talk to you. Right. You know, yes. He did that in the Bible mm-hmm. to get his way. If he has to send, you know, a plague to get your attention. Right. I mean, God will do what he has to do because he is not willing that anyone perishes. Mm-hmm. He wants everyone to come to repentance and to come to a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, God wanted to have fellowship with man so much that he, he, you know, he created the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. He created people so that he could commune with them. 
Right. And then when they messed up, he didn't just say, oh, forget it then. I made a mistake because I made mankind. He continued to try to have a relationship with us to the point that he even robed himself in flesh. Yes. Amazing. And came to live among us. Mm -hmm. And he became the ultimate sacrifice right. for sin so that we could be saved because we can't do it our own, exactly. on our own. But he wants to have a relationship with us. He says... Um, he said that if we would seek the Lord, and mm -hmm. Paul is actually saying, talking to the Athenians here in Acts 17, that if you seek the Lord you and feel after him, you will find him because he's not far from any one of us. Right. And so that's, that was my revelation in life, really. And I'm still seeking him, but I I'll always find him when I seek him. Yes, I love it. I, I So often I, I could think of times when I've been knocked down, just like Saul on the road to Damascus. And, and I could blame that on, a, on whatever. I could blame it on a bad boss. I could blame it on a, uh, a something that happened to me, or maybe even I could blame it on the devil, because that happens a lot. But <laughs> ultimately, I've gotta, when I get knocked down, I realize, wait a minute, God, maybe you have allowed this to happen to me so that I could just listen. You know, uh, I, we're running low, low on time, but I do want you to just give us, if you could give us maybe 20, 30 seconds, sum all this up, what can we do? Something actionable, something that uh, when we turn the video off today, what can we do? I just challenge you today to mm -hmm. to pursue a relationship with God. Yes. He wants to walk with us and really more than walk with us. He wants to live within us. You know, Jeremiah 29, all the way back in the Old Testament, he uh, Jeremiah is telling the people that God says, if you will call upon me and go and pray to me, I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Whole heart, yeah. So seek him, seek him in prayer. That's just a conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really found that to be true. I thought I had to have some great grandiose prayer with all right. those eloquent words, but I didn't have those. I was just, God, I need you. I need you now. Gotta be real. I need your help. Mm -hmm. I can't do this on my own. And he was faithful. That's and awesome. he showed up, put people in my life that could help me. But I sought him through his word because he is his word. And I submitted to his word. That's something else I did. When I read something and understood it and mm -hmm. interpreted it for myself through through not private interpretation, but what does the word say? Mm -hmm. Then I, I tried to do those things in my life. And once I did that, I tried to remove any distractions of things that would get in the way of coming between my relationship with God, uh, I wanted to remove any of those kinds of distractions. Yes, I love that. So that's all. We've got to do it. I would say to do. It's not that hard. I right. mean, you seek him, he will meet you there. Yes, yes. As much as you try, he is trying just as hard, and he's trying to get into your life. So if you're watching this today, thank you for joining us. And, and I, I pray that you stop as soon as this video is over. Take the time and pray. Pray. Say, God, yes. I, I want to be real with you. I don't want to present any kind of facade. I don't want to present anything that's not real. I, I want to show you my heartaches, my pain, and even the good parts of my life. And I want to compare it to your word. And ultimately, that's what we got to do. And so, Heather, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been a blessing to me, I know, and to countless uh, viewers. Thank you so much. Well, I'm really glad to be here, and I do hope that someone's heart was touched today. Right. 
Well, thank you again. If you would, take the time and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Victory Church College Station. Subscribe because we've got a lot more content coming out, and I know it'll bless you, and it'll bless those that you share it with. So have a great day, and God bless.